good works won't save you, but good works should be evident if you're genuinely saved. Let me tell you, the word of God doesn't change. We're going to press in to the high calling, the mark of Christ. We're not shrinking back. And if God says, I am your healer, and I want you to contend for that, which he does, and says, I want you to contend for that, then we're going to contend for that no matter how long it takes. We're going to believe God at his word. And for some that would say, just leave it alone already. Don't you see it's not working? You just tell them, you know what? Be quiet in the name of Jesus. I know that I serve a God that resurrects the dead. I know that it wasn't just Peter that was supposed to resurrect the dead. I too, you too are to resurrect the dead, both spiritually and also physically. You too are to be doing the works of Christ. The mind of Christ over you right now. God's strength. God's anointing. Father, let it be. Let it be right now. Fire. There it is. Fire. Right now. Father, let the fire the Holy Ghost saturate her through and through with the glory and the Lord fill this vessel she has the boldness but fill Lord with the glow so I thank you Lord for touching her spine I thank you for touching her skeletal system Lord God and healing it right now Every place of heaviness goes right now, goes, goes, worry, fear. Yeah, we're going to cast all our cares upon the Lord because he cares for us. We're going to cast our cares. Father, I thank you, Lord. Every place, every weight, every oppression, spirit of oppression, leave her right now. Fire of God. When you first walked up here, you weren't feeling something running down your spine. So this is the Lord just running down your whole body. This is a good thing. <laughs> so we're going to trust him to finish what he began, right? Today is the day of salvation Get ready for a night of Holy Ghost power. September 22nd, Miracles, Signs, and Wonders. Register now at fireduppoverse.com. First Corinthians 15:58. It says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, be immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Amen. How many of you say, you know what? I love serving Jesus. I love serving Jesus. And I know that my labor in the Lord is not in vain. Amen? So we're going to stand firm, and we're going to do what God has called us to do. And like I said in the beginning, we're going to see greater glory. Like we see such a beautiful, beautiful manifestation of God's presence every time we gather. But I'm telling you, he is preparing us for such a great, like just a wave of his glory just coming forth upon us in such great measures. But God is saying, I want you to be faithful in your service unto me. Because his word says that here, know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Okay? So therefore, we commit our works to the Lord and we do what he's called us to do. And everything we're called to do that we are obedient to do, none of it will be done in vain. Amen. It's not going to return empty. All right? So turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 9. That's our main text tonight. Acts chapter 9. This is when Dorcas was restored to life. 
Many of you know this story, Acts chapter 9 and starting in verse 36. I'll read it from the word in a moment here. But the supernatural power of God is given to his followers, to Christians, to you and to I, according to Mark 16. And we know that. You will lay your hands upon the sick, right? We know that scripture. Though the supernatural power of God is given to his followers, it's given to you. You are his followers, right? So, but so is the ability to show good works, which we are also called to do, okay? So the ability to do good works and not overlook those who cannot be kind back to you. So we are anointed to walk in the supernatural, every one of us. But we are also anointed and called to do those good works, and to do those good works to those that can't do them back. Amen. amen. I got an amen. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Acts chapter 9, we see the life of a woman, which um, she was a disciple of Christ. Her name was Tabitha, right? They, and then it's translated to Dorcas, where she was full of good works. She was full of good works. She was full of charitable deeds, right? She was faithful, and she followed the Great Commission. You can hold your, your one finger there, and I want you to turn to, to Matthew chapter 28, and in verse 18, and I will read it from the word, Matthew 28, starting in verse 18. And Jesus came. Hallelujah, we could all just go home right there. And Jesus came. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority, that word means power. All authority, it means authority and power, has been given to me in heaven and on earth. It's Jesus speaking. He says, all authority, all power has been given to me on earth. Go therefore. And make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And here it is. Don't miss it. Verse 20. Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the earth, end of the age. Teaching them to observe. So here we see Jesus telling them the Great Commission. Right? He says, all authority and all power, I've given it to you. It's, it's mine. I'm giving it to you. But also the ability to go and teach everything that I've already taught you. Right? Well, we know that D Jesus has taught us to, to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to go and extend that cup of cold water, to open the doors, right? to help those that are in need. Right? We know that this is the teachings of the Lord. Well, this woman, let's go back to Acts chapter 9. Because this woman, Tabitha... Her name, meaning Dorcas, right? She, she did exactly this. She was a woman. She was faithful at doing what God has called all of us to do. So first we need to look at the meaning of her name, Tabitha, okay, or Dorcas. It means gazelle or gracious. So a gazelle, a small animal who is full of grace and fast, full of grace. And gracious is showing mercy compassion, and forgiveness. You don't have to turn there, but I will tell you, James 1.27 says, pure religion is to minister to the fatherless. 
and to the widows, but it's also to keep yourself pure from the world. This is James 1.27, and this is the scripture. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit the orphans and, to, and the widows in their trouble and to keep oneself from being spotted, so be unspotted from the world. This is pure religion. This is what God says is true religion. We don't really like that word religion. We say, well, we're not religious. We, it's a relationship with Christ. But in order to define, and that is true, but in order to define, okay, religion, religion isn't bad. The word religion, it's what people have made of it, right? So it shows that you have a faith. Our faith is in Christ. He is the resurrected one. He purchased our lives with his very own blood, right? We, our faith is in the finished work of Christ. Our salvation is in him. We don't earn, we can't earn it. We can't do enough of good things in order to receive it. It's a free gift. We receive it freely, right? It's our, the, the, our faith, our religion. We believe what the word of God says. Well, his word says in James 1.27 that this is pure religion. Don't you want your religion to be pure? Amen. We want to walk purely before the Lord our God. So in here, he tells us three things. He tells us in this scripture that what is pure, what is undefiled religion before God and before the Father, but to do this, to visit the orphans and the widows in their trouble. That's just the first two, to visit the orphans and the widows in their trouble. But the, la the, the third is to keep yourself pure, keep your heart from being polluted, right? Keep your heart from being, from being tainted from the world. This is our job. Say, it's my job to do this. It's my job to do, it's our job to do this. For you to see the fatherless, to see the orphans, to see the fatherless, right? And to pray for that individual. To see the, the widows and to be able to intercede, not just prayer, prayer absolutely, but also in the practical ways. This is pure religion, to help them, to give them a cup of cold water, to bring them a meal, to call them up, to be there for them. When God gives you, you can say, well, I don't know any orphans, I don't know any widows. Well, you know what? There will be a day that you will. And maybe you do know, but you just haven't looked that way. Maybe you haven't asked, because I'm telling you, the fatherless are everywhere. And you may say, no, they have a father. They may not have a real father that is actually in their lives, although they have someone that would be called a father. It's not really a father. Amen. They may be fatherless, yet, they're, yet they're, their father is alive. I know we all know some of them. Fatherless, hurting. What are we doing? What are we called to do? We are called to literally be the mothers and the fathers. We are called to speak life. Do you not know that this is what Jesus says is pure religion? In a church that we believe in the moving of signs and wonders and the gifts are always flowing so beautifully, so freely. And we love that. We love that. Yes, Lord, more of that. Yes, absolutely. But never forget that there is a dying, hurting world out there that we are called to minister to. And we have to have eyes to see them. You get filled so you can go give. That's why you get filled, so that you can go and give everything that God has given you, right? So let's go back. Let's go back to Acts. Let's go back to this, this, um, or this story here. 
So in verse 36, I'm going to start reading from verse 36, right in the beginning. So at Joppa, there was a certain disciple named Tabitha, which is translated Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and charitable deeds, which she did. But it happened in those days that she became sick and she died. And when, it says, and they had washed her and they laid her in the upper room. Okay, washed her, laid her in the upper room. So this is how I read this. She took her last breath a little bit ago because they still took time to go ahead and do some of these things. Now it's been a little while that she's been dead. That's kind of how I read that. They washed her and they laid her in the upper room. Since, and since uh, she was near Joppa and the disciples heard that Peter was there, they sent two men to go and get Peter, imploring him, do not delay. Well, sure, you took time to wash her and lay her in the upper room. Don't take, don't delay, Peter, come. So Peter, he comes, he says, Peter arose and he went with them. And when he had come, they brought him to the upper room and all the widows stood by him weeping, showing the tunics and the garments which Dorcas had made while she was still with them. Right? This is what this woman did. We're going to stop right there. This is what she, she was a seamstress. She did good. She did what she knew. She did what she could. That's all God wants from us. Do what you can. Do what you know. Right? God's given each and every one of us gifts. He's given each and every one of us abilities. He's given each and every one of us a different measure of faith. He's given each and every one of us um, different time frames. So do what you can. Don't do what someone else is doing if that's not what God has called you to do. But do what you can. She was a seamstress. This is what she could do. And you might say, well, gee, that's not that spiritual. Really? Because everything is supposed to be spiritual. Everything we do. If you're home changing a baby's diaper, let me tell you, that should be a spiritual move. That You should literally be praying over that individual and knowing that you are called to speak life over this infant, even if they can't understand a word that you're saying right now. Maybe you're called to help the elderly, and maybe you are working in that right now, and you're helping somebody, and you don't know when their last day is going to be, but you are literally a caretaker. Well, this is spiritual because you're speaking life over those those people however many you have God has called you to literally be right there and those last days for that individual this is spiritual don't tell me it's not spiritual because you're not you're not casting demons out or you're not necessarily you're not fasting and praying well you should be praying at all times Amen. and fast as the Lord directs you so this woman was a seamstress but she brought much relief to the needy and to the widows. This is what she did. And it's beautiful Amen. in the sight of the Lord. So basically, stop disqualifying yourselves just because you might say, but I don't have her gifts or his gifts or I wish I did what he did. Or No, God has called you to something. It's spiritual. Give God praise for it all. So the Bible tells us about faith and good works. We know that good works won't save us. But we know that once we get saved, that God expects us, he say he expects me to, to have works. Oh, man, I have a, I need to, okay, you guys are going to make me work hard, I can tell. We, faith, okay, our works are not going to save us. We do know that, right? 
Oh, thank God. Okay, we know that our, our faith in what the finished work of the cross is what saves us. But works are also part of your life, or it should be evident if you're truly saved. Just doesn't save you. But it should be evident if you're genuinely saved. Amen? All right, I'm going to have to read this because now I just feel like I have to read this. Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2 and verse 8. It says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourselves it is the gift of God. We know this. Some people stop right there, though, and they go, Well, I'm saved by grace. That's good enough for me. Well, that might be good enough for you, but faith without works is dead. So we do need works. Not for salvation, but we want to please God. So for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, this is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. We're talking about salvation here. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So good works won't save you, but good works should be evident if you're genuinely saved. Well, this woman was a believer, and she also you know, had lots of works that she was doing. So she gets sick. She dies. Let's go back to our text. Acts 9, verse 39. It says, then Peter arose and went with them. Remember, they went and called Peter. She's dead. She's washed. She's laying there. They call Peter. They tell him, hurry up. So Peter gets up. He goes with them. He comes into the room. And there's the widows. They're standing there. They're weeping. They're saying, look, these are the tunics that she made. Look, these are all the garments that she made when she was with us. So they're all crying. They're lamenting, and they're doing what their, their job is to do. They would hire the, the mourners to come in. But Peter did something very important. Verse 40, he put them all outside. Enough is enough. Enough of the wailing, enough of the unbelief. Get them all out of the room. Sometimes the best thing you can do is get them all out of the room. You just got to get them out of the room because what they're releasing is the opposite spirit of what you're believing for, right? So Peter put them all out of the room and then he knelt down and he prayed. See, sometimes we go right to the, the part where Peter says, Tabitha, arise. But wait a minute, before just Peter went in there and, and said, Tabitha, arise, which would have been fine and would have been biblical, but yet he knelt down and he prayed. Never forget, it's not your strength, it's his. He knelt down and he prayed. And he's not praying to himself. We pray to the Father and we ask for his help, his mercy, and we believe that it is a finished work. But we pray to the Father in the name of Jesus and we thank him because his word is being fulfilled at this moment. And then he got up and he said, Tabitha, arise. And the minute that he said this, the minute that he said this, this woman that was dead, she was washed and she was already being stored. She was already being put away. The minute that he said this, she opened her eyes, church. This is not a make-believe story. This is the word of God. Does anybody hear what I'm saying here tonight? She gets up. She opens her eyes. End of verse 40. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. And then verse 41, 
Then he gave her his hand and he lifted her up. And then when he called the saints, he called in all the other disciples. He had them all in on all the other people. He called them all in and he presented this widow and he presented her alive. Amen. That which was dead, he presented alive. That which was dead, Peter presented alive. That which is dead in your life, you are to present alive. You are to have the faith of God and the faith in God to say, not on my watch, devil. Now, it may not be a literal death, but it may be a form of death. It may be some type of death that you're going to kneel, you're going to pray to your heavenly father, you're going to get up, and you're going to say, arise in the name of Jesus. That death has to leave in the name of Jesus. And that is exactly what Peter did. This is exactly what he did. He raised the dead, literally. Peter raised the dead. Jesus raised the dead. Peter raised the dead. Resurrection power, verse 42. Look at what, what was the, other than this woman being raised, other than her time wasn't finished. You need to know when that person's time is not up, but the devil took advantage and stole. And you need to know when that person has finished their assignment. Jesus' assignment was done at 33 years of age. His assignment was done. What he came to do was completed. But you need to know, is that person's assignment done or not? And then you pray appropriately. So obviously, this woman's assignment wasn't done. She was raised to life. Maybe you've prayed for somebody and you go, I did that, but it didn't work. No. How do you know it didn't work? Was their assignment done? Maybe their assignment was done. The rest of, there's one more verse, verse 42. So it wasn't just for this woman to come back to life. Everybody there that saw it, I mean, could you imagine being in this room? They all knew she died. They all, and they loved her. They loved her, why? Because she was giving. She was kind. She went to the ones that no one else went to. They were all mourning. They were sad to see her go. They didn't want her to go. Right? So they all saw that she, she died. But now Peter comes in and Tabitha, Dorcas, is now walking with him, alive. She's alive. And guess what? Many came to Christ. Many came to Christ. Why do we want to press in so much to some of these things that some people will tell you, just leave it alone already? Why don't you just stop? Leave it alone. Like, why are you still praying for healing? Don't you see that it's not working? Just leave it alone already. Let me tell you, the word of God doesn't change. We're going to press in to the high calling, the mark of Christ. We're not shrinking back. And if God says, I am your healer, and I want you to contend for that, and which he does, and says, I want you to contend for that, then we're going to contend for that no matter how long it takes. We're going to believe God at his word. And for some that would say, just leave it alone already. Don't you see it's not working? You just tell them, you know what, be quiet in the name of Jesus. I know that I serve a God that resonates resurrects the dead. I know that it wasn't just Peter that was supposed to resurrect the dead. I too, you too, are to resurrect the dead, both spiritually and also physically. You too are to be doing the works of Christ. And so, so Peter pressed in and Peter saw the move of God's Holy Spirit and so shall we. And the Bible tells us in Galatians 6, 9, that it says, let us not grow weary while doing good. 
do not grow weary. That means there's the possibility of growing weary while you're doing good. But it says, don't grow weary while you're doing good. For in due season, you shall reap if you do not lose heart. We're not going to lose heart. We're not going to lose heart. Everything is seen by the Lord. Even a cup of cold water that you give, it's seen. It is seen. God sees your acts of kindness. It is seen. God sees when you reach out and you love those that you know are never going to be able to be kind back to you because you love Jesus. You're going to be, you're going to be kind. You're going to love. You're going to extend. You're going to be gracious. You're going to be compassionate. Remember, gracious. Remember, what, what did Dorcas mean? Gracious, right? That, that like a gazelle, right? Well, this is what we're all called to do as well. 1 Corinthians 3, 8 and 9 says this. Now, he who plants and he who waters are one. 1 Corinthians 3, 8 and 9. Now, he who plants and he who waters are one. And each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. You're all going to receive your reward according to your own labor. They're one. They're one. In other words, one person isn't better than another person. You're one. That means unity in the spirit. That means stop looking at, well, look, Peter raised the dead, but I haven't. Unity in the spirit. You keep on press, pressing in with the measure of faith that you have, and faith grows as you hear the word. As you hear and you keep on hearing the word, your faith will grow. And remember, I've taught you before, even a mustard seed faith is enough to move that mountain. So you all, all, we all have at least a mustard seed of faith, but that's all you need to move the mountain. The devil wants you to think otherwise, but the word doesn't lie. God's word is truth. So 1 Corinthians 3, 8 and 9, it says, Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers and God's field, and we are God's building. So we're building. Amen. We're laborers in, in the faith together. And so when, when somebody gets saved, you know, and you came, up, you came by and you, you said something, and they said, Yeah, I'm ready to receive Jesus. Well, praise God, but somebody came before, most likely, and they planted a seed. And then somebody else came at, at some point in time, and they watered that seed. And then somebody else came, you know, and, and they were able to reap the harvest. But everyone shares in the glory of God. Everyone shares. Everybody had that part in it. So God wants to remind you, stop looking at the outcome, just the very end of the story, and remember there was a process. And there were many hands involved in the process. And remember that each one has their reward. Amen? Yes. Father, we thank you for this word. Father, even as, even as, as Tabitha, Lord God, she, she rose, Lord God, to the task. She did what she was called to do. She was a seamstress, and she used her gift, Lord God, to you. And as she used her gift... In unction to the Lord, Father, you were pleased with this woman of God. And when the devil tried to steal her life prematurely, you gave it back to her. 
When we're faithful to do what God has called us to do, if the devil tries to steal something, let me tell you, because he, he comes to kill, steal, and destroy, he is defeated, and you will rise in victory. She rose to her life, from death to life. You will rise in victory. You're going to keep on keeping on, church of God. You're going to keep on keeping on. I prophesy that over you right now, and I pray over each and every one of you. Father, I thank you, Lord God, that hope is rising right now in the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord God, no, no place of fear, no place of or unbelief, we just bind up that spirit right now and say, out it goes in Jesus' name, for we are filled with the dunamis power of God. We are filled with your dunamis power. I thank you that the greater one lives on the inside of us, and we are well able, Lord God, to defeat that giant. Goliath comes down in the name of Jesus.